Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Our heritage through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are the things that God has made available? The heritage of the saints of God through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 9, reading from verse number 11, the Bible tells us, Not with the blood of goats and of calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant. By means of death, for the redemption of the transgression under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. In other words, the Bible is making us to understand here that the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ not only gave us eternal redemption, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ gave us access to the presence of the Almighty God, gave us access to the holies of holy. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, with his own blood, entered the holies of holies. And if you read the book of Matthew, it says when Jesus died, the veil that separated the holies of holies from the rest of the temple was split into two, so that now we can now go in. And Jesus entered that holies of holies with his own blood. So he granted us not just eternal redemption, but access to the presence of the Almighty God. And then finally, from that verse of the scripture, through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, we receive the promise of eternal inheritance. And that is why the book of Romans chapter 8, if you read from verse number 16, the Bible tells us there, it said, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children of God, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. In other words, as redeemed children of God, as the people who have been saved by the blood and by the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, we have a godly heritage as a result of that particular sacrifice. We have an inheritance that has been made available to us through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the question this morning is, what is that eternal inheritance? that has been made available for us? What is that godly heritage that the cross of Jesus made available for you and for me? Brothers and sisters, for you to understand the eternal inheritance and the eternal heritage that God has made available for us through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, you must first of all understand the original inheritance that God made available to man at creation. Because when you understand what man used to have, and now you now understand what Christ has made available. It now makes sense why Jesus did what he did. So what was man's original inheritance at creation? Genesis chapter 1. Reading from verse number 26, the Bible says, When God said, let us make man in our own image, according to our own likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply 
and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So you see from that particular verse of the scripture that the original heritage of man at creation was the heritage of blessing. The Bible says, and God blessed them. The second thing you see is the heritage of increase and productivity. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Which means as a child of God, you are supposed to increase and you are supposed to be productive. Be fruitful and multiply. That's the heritage of increase and productivity. Number three is the heritage of authority. He say, fill the earth. The heritage of power is to subdue it. Which means that under no circumstance, under no condition, should the created order have dominion over man. Man is supposed to have power and authority over the creative order. And then finally you have the heritage of dominion. Is it have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In other words, over the whole three domains, the air, the land, and the water. You say have dominion over it. So you have an heritage, an heritage of blessing, an heritage of increase, a heritage of increase of productivity, heritage of authority, heritage of power, and a heritage of dominion. Man was made to have dominion over the created order. That is what you see in Genesis. Man was designed for blessing. He was designed for increase. He was designed for authority. He was designed for power. He was designed for dominion. That was why when the psalmist looked at man, when the psalmist considered man, when he looked at what God has placed on the hand of man and the authority that man, God has given man, this guy just wondered out loud. And he's wondered out like the book of Psalm 8. He read it from verse number 4. He said, what is man? God, what is man? That you are mindful of him. The son of man that you visited him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. And have crowned him with honor and glory. And have made him to have dominion over the works of your hand. Over the things. And you have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen. Even the beasts of the field. The birds of the air. And the fish of the sea. That pass through the path of the sea. The psalmist is basically saying. What is so special about man, O God. That you have given the keys of your kingdom. What is so special about him? Why have you given him such a godly heritage? Why have you given man such an exalted position? Why have you made him the crown jewel of your creation? And you place all of creative order under him. Why did you do that? The psalmist was wondering. But you all know the story that this particular dominion and this authority and this particular inheritance, for some reason, Adam lost it. Adam lost his exalted position. He lost his godly heritage to sin and, and came under the control and dominion of Satan. And the Bible makes us understand that that was why Jesus Christ came to redeem man from the bondage of sin and Satan that took away the inheritance that was given to man at creation. And on the cross, Jesus paid the price for our redemption and repurchased us. That's basically what redemption is all about. He redeemed us. He repurchased us and gave us back our lost heritage. And so as a born again child of God, as a person who has been washed by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross of Calvary, there are inheritances. There's a heritage for us that came as a result of what Jesus Christ accomplished on that particular cross. And before I outline that particular inheritance that Jesus made available, you need to first understand the nature of that inheritance. What is the nature of the inheritance that Jesus Christ won for us, got for us, made available for us on the cross of Calvary? The Bible tells us in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, 
Reading from verse number 3, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again, that we are now saved, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse number 4, To an inheritance which is incorruptible, an inheritance which is undefiled, an inheritance that does not fade away, an inheritance that is reserved for you in heaven. First Peter chapter 1, verse number 4. So from this passage you see, the nature of the inheritance that we are talking about, that Jesus Christ won for us on the cross of Calvary, is an inheritance that is imperishable. We have in Christ something that is not subject to corruption, something that is not subject to decay. And that's why Jesus Christ said, lay your treasures in heaven where there is no much or anything that can corrupt or decay. We have an inheritance that cannot decay. Number two, we have an undefiled inheritance. That's the nature of it. The nature of our inheritance is number one, imperishable. Number two, undefiled. Nobody can corrupt it. Nobody can debase it. Nobody can degrade it. It's not something that drops in value. Christ has already accomplished it and is always going to be there. It is only far. Number three, the nature of our inheritance is an unfading inheritance. In other words, it doesn't pass away. It endures its value. It endures its possession. The intensity of the glory and of the inheritance that we have does not diminish. It is the same since the very first day that Jesus Christ won that battle on the cross of Calvary. It's an unfading inheritance. And then finally, the nature of our inheritance is an inheritance that is reserved. It is reserved for you. It is reserved for me. As long as you make that particular declaration of faith and you walk with the Almighty God and you appropriate the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary for yourself, the Bible makes us to understand that that faith, that particular inheritance that has been given to you, that inheritance does not fade. It is reserved for you as soon as you come in. What we have in Christ is kept in heaven for us. And no devil from the pit of hell can steal it away from you. So for us to be sure that our inheritance is unfailing, that is unfailing, that is remains, it, it remains, it remains everlasting, is reserved for all. The Bible makes us to understand that God gave us an assurance. He himself gave us an assurance and you see that assurance in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, reading from verse number 13, the Bible tells us, In him also, in him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Until the redemption of the potter's possession to the praise of his glory. In other words, the Holy Spirit that you received at the time of your salvation. The Holy Spirit that you received when you became born again. The Bible said that spirit is the guarantee that God gives you that you have an assurance. That you have an inheritance. That you have an inheritance in Christ that has been purchased for you through the blood. And that is why he repeated it again in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, reading from verse number 5, the Bible tells us. Now he who has preserved us for this very thing is God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So you see, you not only have an inheritance in Christ Jesus, but you have a guaranteed inheritance in Christ. The question then is, what is this our inheritance in Christ that we have been talking about? What is this inheritance? Revelation chapter 5, reading from verse number 9, the Bible tells us, And they sang a new song, saying, 
You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seal. For you are slain and have redeemed us by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. The living creatures and the elders. And the numbers of them were ten thousand and ten times ten thousand and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. In other words, this passage of the scripture is telling us that there is a sevenfold inheritance that Jesus Christ received for us through his victory on the cross of Calvary. Jesus Christ did not need them. He was already exalted. He was already God. But the Bible says that he received all those things for us. And the first heritage that he received for us was the heritage of power. Verse number 12 of Revelation chapter 5 says, saying with the Lamb, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive the power. He received the power for us. That is the heritage. And that's why the Bible also tells the book of Luke chapter 10. In verse 19 it says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That is the heritage of the believer. The heritage of power over all the circumstances of life. The heritage of power over all the situation that the enemy might want to throw at you. The heritage of power that causes you to ride in the high places. That is what Jesus Christ purchased for us on the cross of Calvary. Number two, the second heritage that we find through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ is the heritage of riches. Look at that same verse of the scripture. He said, you are worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 tells us, For you know the grace of God, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that ye through his poverty might become rich. The victory on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ attracted for us, gave us an inheritance of riches. And I've always said it here and I will say it again. When the Bible talks about riches, we are not only talking about material substance. We're talking about what? We're talking about riches in every dimension of life. And that's why taught John, the Bible says, I wish above all things that you will prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. Which means our prosperity, the riches that Jesus Christ wants for all, it's not just riches of wisdom. It's not just riches of, uh, of the spirit. It's also material riches that he has given unto us. And that is why he said, though he was rich, he became poor so that you can be rich. And that means that as a believer, poverty should not be a part of our life story. And I'm not just talking about material poverty, I'm talking about poverty of the spirits. I'm talking about mental poverty. I'm talking about emotional poverty. Those ones should not be a part of our lives. The number three heritage is the heritage of wisdom. The Bible said, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30, it says, but of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. As a wisdom of the Almighty God, it means that you are no longer supposed to fall to the trickery of the enemy. Jesus is the wisdom of the Almighty God and that wisdom has been imparted unto us. And that is why we find out that the things that we do in the house of God, the Lord Almighty is able to, is able to impart wisdom unto his people that they'll be able to prosper in every way, in every direction, in everything that they lay their hands upon to do. Number four, 
the heritage of the believer in Christ through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary is the heritage of strength. What is the lamb who is slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength? Which means that there is no child of God that is supposed to be weak. And that is why one of the psalms says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what Christ has done for us. So you must understand that the heritage of the believer, the heritage of the believer that was won for us on the cross of Calvary is number one, the heritage of power. Number two is the heritage of riches. Number two is the heritage of wisdom. Number four is the heritage of strength. Number five is the heritage of honor, which means we are not supposed to walk about in disgrace. We are not supposed to be derided. We have been given a reputation of honor. We have been given an inheritance of honor. He said, body is the lamb who is slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor. And then number six is the heritage of glory. You are supposed to shine. The Bible says that the righteous, the righteous says they shall be like, shall shine like the stars of the firmaments. In other words, your heritage is the heritage of glory. Whereby everywhere you find yourself, you are supposed to outshine. You are supposed to glow in the glory of the Almighty God. The reflection of the Almighty God is supposed to be seen through us as the people of God. And then finally, is the heritage of blessing. A child of God is not supposed to be depressed. A child of God is not supposed to be despondent. The hand of the Almighty God, the blessing of the Almighty God is supposed to make us weak and add no sorrow. Sorrow should not be a part of the, the itinerary or part of the resume of the children of God. These are the heritage of the people of God. The question is, what does it mean for you? What does this heritage mean for you? Yes, we know we have heritage of power, the heritage of honor, the heritage of glory, the heritage of wisdom, the heritage of strength. We have all those things. But what does it mean in a daily life? Number one is that when you have the heritage of power, you should never fear the opposition or fear the activity of the enemy. That's what it means. Because you have already been given the power. You already have the heritage of power. The angels of the Almighty God are at your command. You have the resource of heaven available unto you. Why should you be afraid of the beggarly elements of this particular war? What it means is that as a child of God with the heritage of power, you are supposed to walk in strength and not in fear. And that's why the Bible says you have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. What it means is that you are supposed to live a life. That is free of fear because you have a heritage of power. Number two, what it means is that because the believers have the heritage of riches, poverty is not supposed to reign over our lives. And I'm talking about poverty of thoughts, poverty of prayer, poverty in the spirit, financial poverty, health poverty. It's not supposed to be the lot of the people of God because you have an inheritance of riches. Not only that, because we have a heritage of wisdom, ignorance is supposed to be defeated in our lives. The enemy is not supposed to take advantage of us. The Bible says that we should not be ignorant of the device of the enemy because you have a heritage of wisdom. And Christ is the wisdom of the Almighty God that has been given unto us for access. Not only that, what does it mean? What does the heritage mean? The heritage of strength means that weakness should not overpower us in any department of our life. Weakness should give way to strength in our lives. We are not supposed to be weak when it comes to the things of God. We are not supposed to be weak when it comes to the things that we do on a regular basis. Strength of the Almighty God is supposed to power us through life and through all that we do. And not only that, the Bible says that we also have a rich heritage of honor, which means shame and reproach should never be part of our, of our resume. 
See, the spirit of shame, the spirit of despair, the spirit of uh, reproach should never be written with the children of God because we do not carry that about. We are supposed to be people with a heritage of honor, sitting in high places. And that is what Christ has bought for us. And not only that, we have a heritage of glory, which means that we are supposed to shine. We are, we are supposed to shine and despise should never be part of our lives. And then finally, when we have a heritage of blessing, sorrow should never be part of our, our vocabulary. Because the Bible says that the blessings of the Almighty God makes rich and adds no sorrow. So sorrow should never be part of our own of our vocabulary. Christ has won the victory and given us an eternal inheritance. That one has been clearly established through the scriptures. The question is, how do you possess this particular heritage? How do you possess this heritage? Ephesians chapter 1, reading from verse number 16, the Bible says, It says, So that your eyes, so that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that ye may know. What is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints? You will notice that Paul the Apostle started the prayer by asking that the eyes of our understanding will be, may be enlightened. So basically what he's saying here is that the first thing we need to be able to possess, to take delivery of the heritage of the Lord God Almighty in our life is number one, to have the spirit of wisdom. You need the wisdom of the Almighty God, which is already the heritage that has been given. But there is a spirit of wisdom that comes upon the life of a believer that makes him to understand what he needs to do. You need the spirit of wisdom to be able to take delivery of what God has already made available unto us. Number two, you need divine revelation. Because as long as you are not aware of the things that God has made available for you, there is no incentive to pursue it. The Bible said that lift up your eyes when he was talking to, uh, to uh, talking to Abraham. He said, everywhere your eyes will see. He said, there I have given unto you. Until you are able to see the inheritance that have been made available unto you, you uh, through divine revelation, you will not seek to pursue it. And that is why the first thing you need is the wisdom of the Almighty God to understand what God has made available. Then number two, you need divine revelation to be able to see. Then number three, you need divine understanding to be able to know that how does this thing apply to me? How does it apply to me? Because if you don't think that it applies to you, you will not do anything to be able to appropriate it into your life. If you don't think that it is meant for you, you will not seek and pursue after it. So to be able to take delivery of our heritage, number one, you need the spirit of wisdom. Number two, you need divine revelation. Number three, you need divine understanding. And therefore, you need personal discovery. You need personal discovery. And that is why you find that people can be in church all their life and not get what God is trying to tell them because they have not personally discovered it. But the day that you personally discover the Lord, the day that you personally encounter the word of God, it changes everything. Bible tells us that Paul the apostle was opposed to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was opposed to his church. He was opposed to his followers. And he dedicated his life to the destruction of the church. The Bible said he will take every effort. He will go to the chief priest and he will take letters so that he can pursue people until the day that he was going to Damascus and something happened. He had a personal discovery. 
Here is a man who has read the book, who has read the books of the law. He has read about the scripture. He has read about the coming Messiah. But for some reason, when he heard about the Messiah, he did not even understand who the Messiah was. But the Bible says that that day on the road to Damascus, when he encountered the Lord Jesus Christ, a personal delivery, a personal discovery took place. And he understood all of a sudden, all that he has been studying and reading all through his life. Everything now makes sense because he discovered it. My brothers and sisters, we can listen to these messages every day of our lives. We can read the Bible every day until it turns to whatever color it turns into. But the idea is this. Until there is a personal discovery from the word of God, of what God has made available for you, of what he has prepared for you, of what he has given unto you, of the heritage that you have in Christ, unless that personal discovery takes place, everything you hear will just be flowing over your head. And that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. And that is why a lot of righteous believers are living a life of sickness. Righteous believers living a life of living a life of poverty. A righteous believer who do not know that they have authority over the enemy and they allow the enemy to walk over them because they have not made the personal discovery of what the word of God has in store for them. And like I said before, there are millions and millions of believers who have identified with the Christ of with the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Millions of believers who celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ on a regular basis. But for some unfortunate reason, they are very they have not been able to take a delivery of their heritage in Christ. The thing is available to them, but for some reason they don't know. And because they don't know, they don't understand. Because they don't understand, they don't pursue. And because they don't pursue, they don't possess. And that is what happens in the body of Christ. The Bible says, God he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Anything you can ask for is already been given in Christ Jesus. What you need to do is to be able to discover your portion and appropriate it. And that's why millions of believers, though they believe in God, though they are going to heaven, but they are not enjoying the benefits of their salvation. I said it last time and I will say it again. It is one thing for you to be saved, my brothers and sisters. It's another thing for you to enjoy the benefits that comes with your salvation. Two different things. One thing for you to be saved. Another thing for you to enjoy the benefit that comes with your salvation. You must know how to access the benefits if you are going to enjoy it. That's why we need wisdom. That's why we need understanding. That's why we need revelation. That's why we need personal discovery to be able to access the inheritance that Christ has purchased for us on the cross of Calvary. The Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy 28 and 29, 29, it says the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of the Lord, which means that if you do not catch a revelation, of your inheritance, if you do not discover your heritage that is made available to you through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, you may never experience what God has already given unto you. If you don't know the things that have been made available for you as a child of God, you may suffer like an unbeliever. And that is what is happening to remember to many in the house of in the body in the body of Christ today. So the question this morning for us is have you discovered your own heritage that has been made available to you through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ? Have you discovered it for yourself? Have you discovered it for your family? Have you discovered it for every department of your life? 
And the next thing is that if you have discovered it, have you taken delivery of that particular inheritance? Because it is one thing for you to hear about it. It's another thing for you to enjoy it. It's one thing for you to be saved. It's another thing for you to enjoy the blessings and the benefits of salvation. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.